Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. So glad you're here. Welcome to North Coast Caravan Chapel. And uh, if you are new and you're visiting, we hope you feel the love. My name is Ryan Pfeiffer. I'm the lead pastor here at North Coast Calvary. And I wanted to just give you guys a couple announcements, and then we'll get into our service for today. Number one, we have a men's prayer gathering coming up Monday, tomorrow, 8 to 9 p.m. So all the men in the house, you're invited. Invite other men uh, for all ages. Uh, one hour, we're going to pray. We're going to fellowship. Hope to see you there. Number two, we got morning date coming up next Sunday, a great place to gather where we're gonna, we help just uh, couples just grow in their relation with Christ, in their relationship with each other. So I want to point out uh, our morning date, whole marriage, establishing a new family culture. All right, so check those things out online, and you can also get more details in the handout that you got. So if you get that handout right there, uh, you get more information there or on our app. Okay, so there we go. Um, so we're coming to now, this Sunday is the last Sunday in our series on the Spirit. It's the last one. We've been having so much fun. We started um, at the very beginning learning that the Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. The Spirit is personal, brings us into personal relationship with God. The Spirit, we learned, remember Bob McKenzie came up here, he taught us that the Spirit fills us. We've been learning the Spirit transforms us. The Spirit leads us into mission. Carrying the love of God for others in our life to those who do not yet know him. Okay, so we're ending the whole series on the last one, which is the Spirit heals. Now, one thing about Jesus' ministry that was really cool was that he's going around teaching about God, um, doing good in people's life, but he was also healing. How did he do it? Well, listen to this. In Acts chapter 10, Peter is talking to a guy who's not yet a believer, and he's explaining Jesus' ministry to him. Look at how he says this. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, and get this, and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who, who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. You know, Jesus did what he did because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was releasing God's power to heal through that ministry. And as a church, we believe today that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that God is continuing to heal. And so in this service, we're going to explore um, through uh, personal testimony and through Scripture the power of God's Spirit to heal our life today. Now, physical healing is such a powerful work of God. It gives demonstration of God's compassion, his mercy. It gives demonstration of his commitment to healing us in a holistic way, transforming us and healing us emotionally, healing us spiritually, but yes, also physically. Now, I'm going to invite a guest speaker to come up and who's going to walk us through his own journey uh, through healing. He's a PhD in neuroscience. Um, he's the head of the Cogsci department at the University of Indiana, and he has, a, he has a story to tell you about his own discovery of the Spirit's power to heal, and then he's going to anchor it in Scripture, and then we're going to create time at the end of the service just for a really just gentle but I think really powerful opportunity to pray to receive healing. This morning at the 845, people were already experiencing healing this morning, so it's already going on in this room, so 
God is not finished yet. He's got more to do. Before I invite him out here, I just want to give you a couple little things so you feel a little safer and more comfortable. Number one, um, we believe that God heals, but we also understand that this side of Jesus' return, this side of heaven, we are seeing the kingdom of God breaking through like the sun breaking through the clouds. Right? We get these peaks, these glimpses, these touches of God's presence. Just yesterday, I was downtown Encinitas. It was overcast. The sun came out. Oh, my gosh, my skin was tingling with the warmth of the sun. It felt so good. My wife was like, oh, my gosh, the sun. You can literally see everybody looking up. Oh, you know, the sun. And then a cloud just covered it, and it was like, oh. <laughs> Despite the fact that there are all those clouds out there, the sun is, the sun is still shining. And even though June gloom is here, summer is here. And that's what Jesus said about the kingdom. The kingdom is beginning to break through. So what that means is we're beginning to see the goodness of God. People are coming to faith in our world. People are being physically healed in our world. But we also recognize that this side of heaven, we don't always see everybody healed. And as a church, we affirm that the more we pray for healing, the more healing we'll see. The more we share our faith, the more people will come to faith. But we also want to stand against some misunderstandings. That just because you don't see healing, it doesn't mean, oh, you just didn't have enough faith. It's not that simple. It's not that kind of one-to-one. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean there's some sin or God doesn't have that for you. And you're going to hear in Joshua's story the, the, the value of persevering and asking for prayer. So at the end, we're going to create room to receive prayer and for healing. And you know what? Some of you are going to experience healing this morning right here. And if you know what, for some of you, if it's not complete healing or you don't experience that healing, I want to invite you to come on back. Come on back tonight. Or through our normal um, uh, offers for healing, every week at Monday we have a prayer meeting where you can go get prayer for healing. We don't normally do it in our services. But hopefully this will get you aware that we have other opportunities on Mondays at at a prayer gathering in the afternoon. Okay, with that being said, I want to invite Josh to come on out. Josh, get out of here. He is, let's give him a round of applause. He's going to, now Josh is a friend of mine. Him and I have done ministry for years together, so this is a friend. I've done this with him. I really trust him, and you're going to find there's no, you know, smoke and mirrors here. It's going to be very simple, very straightforward, but really, really powerful. Uh, So, um, we're going to, he's going to share his testimony. He's going to anchor it in scripture. Then we're going to create space to, to pray for healing. And then we'll even invite some people to come up and maybe share a testimony of how they're experiencing healing here this morning. And then if you want to continue receiving prayer, we're going to have a prayer team up here after service and you can keep getting prayer. So that's the whole shebang for this morning. All right. All right. So let's just pray right now over Josh. Lord, we thank you for Josh. Fill him with your love for him and our love for him. And we're so excited to receive from you, Josh. And so we just bless you. May the joy of the Lord be with you right now as you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Good morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you now in Jesus' name. And we thank you so much for your love. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. We ask you to come. We welcome you to come. We welcome your kingdom this morning. And we ask you to move. Would you touch? Would you begin to heal even now as we declare what your word says? 
as we honor you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I did not imagine uh, some years ago that I would be standing up here preaching about healing. My, my day job is as a neuroscientist. I'm a professor. I run a research laboratory. And about 20 years ago, I was uh, at home. I was a postdoctoral fellow doing uh, brain imaging research on, on people and, and uh, looking forward to building my career. And my wife, uh, Candy, was nine months pregnant with our first child. And, <clears throat> and so one night I went to bed. And when I woke up the next morning, I found that I was not in my own bed. I was in the back of an ambulance. And I had no idea how I had gotten in the back of an ambulance. I had an oxygen mask on, tubes everywhere, and, and the paramedic said, Sir, you've had a seizure. And I thought, that, how can that be? I've never had a seizure in my life. But, but I couldn't argue because, you know, if you're laid out in an ambulance, it's kind of hard to argue. Uh, and so they took me to the ER and they did some CTs on my head and they said, well, you're not going to die right away, but you, you need to see a neurologist and, and see what's going on. And so four days later, my wife called and said, it's time. And so because I, I couldn't drive a car because I'd had a seizure. And so we got a friend to give us a ride to the hospital. And my wife gave birth to our first child, uh, a daughter. And and while she was recovering from a C-section in one end of the hospital, I walked over to the other end of the hospital and had an MRI done on my head. And when, we, uh, <clears throat> when my daughter was two and a half weeks old, we got the medical reports back and they said, I'm sorry, but you have a brain tumor. And, and now I'm a terrible patient because my job is to do brain research. <laughs> and so I knew how bad it was immediately. I was sitting in my car, I read the radiology report, and I burst into tears, and I, I literally screamed at God. I said, God, why me? Why is this happening to me? Because I knew that I would most likely be dead within a few years, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. Um, surgery, chemo, radiation, it's not effective for that kind of, for what I had. And so it hit me all at once like a ton of bricks, and I screamed, God, why me? Why does this have to happen to me? And so, now I, I didn't know whether Jesus healed people. I'd heard some stories here and there, but I, I really didn't know. And so I began to ask around. I asked friends, you know, does God still heal people? Like, do you know anywhere that God's doing miracles? Where can I... Like, I'll, you know, I will, I will go anywhere. I will pay any price, but I don't want to die. Uh, and, and so in my desperation, I began to, to travel, and, and I went to, uh, I'd go to, to various meetings, and people would pray for me, and I, would, I, I felt the power of God touch me. I felt, I felt this power. I was in meetings, uh, at one point I was in a a meeting where uh, the, the minister said, okay, you know, there's, a, there's anyone here who's got uh, broken or missing bones or metal plates, and, you know, God, God, believe God wants to heal that. And I was like, okay, wait, I'm a scientist. I'm a, I'm a professor. I run a research laboratory. So now, hold up. 
this is kind of weird. And, and so I watched as this woman came up and, and she said, well, I had my, my arm was broken in a car wreck three years ago and they put it back together with metal plates and screws and, and I can only bend my arm so much about this far and, and it won't bend any further because the metal prevents it. And, and, and so the, the minister started to pray and, and uh, within a few moments she, she started to bend it. And, and I looked at that and, and I watched all this and, uh, and I found this woman afterwards and I said, so I saw you up on stage. So I was curious, like what really happened? And, and she said, well, I don't know. It's, uh, all I know is what I, you know, set up on stage. I, I couldn't bend my arm more than this far because the metal prevented it, and I could feel the metal down there, and now it's just, it's gone, and I can bend my arm, and it doesn't hurt. And, and I thought, what just happened? What, what is going on? And, but you see, I was desperate. I didn't want to die and so I, I went and I got prayer and more prayer, and I, I, I felt the power of God touch me. And, and so as I, uh, as I continued to travel, and I had, I had so many people pray for me, like pretty much any big-name minister you can think of that, you know, ministers healing, I went to the meetings, and I would get in the healing line, and then I would, you know, go back in the line again and get more <laughs> prayer, and, and, and I was just... I was kind of obnoxious. Uh, and so after this, I went back to the, the doctors because they said, well, there's not much we can do. You know, surgery won't necessarily prolong your life. Chemo or radiation won't really prolong your life. But we'll take MRIs every three months and see how much time you have left. And so, so after three months, I had been to all these prayer meetings. I had felt the power of God touching me. And so I got another MRI and I and uh, I got the results afterwards, a few days later, and my wife had a, a video camera rolling because we were ready to record the moment when the, the radiology report said, you know, hallelujah, the tumor's gone. And, and so I opened the envelope, and I read it, and it said, well, it's as bad as ever. There's still a tumor. Looks like you're still going to die. And, and now what do you do with that? And, and I decided that I was not going to give up. I was not going to stop pursuing God for healing because there was no other option. The only other option was to get ready to die. And I thought about my wife and, and my daughter, who's just a few months old, and, I, and the thought that I would die and leave my wife and, and my daughter, that thought tormented me. It tormented me, and I remember thinking that I would pay a huge price just to have five minutes free of that tormenting thought that I was going to die and leave behind a family. And so I decided that I wasn't going to give up. I was going to pursue God with everything I had. I would go anywhere, pay any price. I would do whatever I had to. I had to find God and, and, and find healing. And so I traveled all the more. I went to I'd gone to some prayer meetings, and, and some of the people there were saying, you know, there's, we're, gonna, we're organizing a ministry trip to Cuba, and we're going to, you know, have some healing meetings, and God's going to do miracles, and I thought, well, maybe God will heal me in Cuba, so, you know, and I, but I was praying, God, should I really go? It's, it's you know, expensive, seems kind of, you know, like risky, I don't know, and, 
and I was coming back from a healing meeting in Canada, and I went to buy some food, and, and there in my wallet, there was a coin, and the, and the, the checker said, that's not a Canadian coin, and, and I looked, and it, it was a five centavo coin from Cuba. <laughs> and I said, okay, Lord, I get the message. I'll go to Cuba. So I did. A few weeks later, I uh, ended up in Cuba. We were we ended up just walking into a random little church in Havana, and, and there, as, as there were about 15 or 20 of us saying, okay, Lord, what are, what are we doing here? One of the team members said, hey, hey, there's a blind guy walking down the sidewalk. He's got a cane, and he's like blind, and let's go pray for him. And I thought, you people are kind of weird. <laughs> like, but so I followed them and watched, and, and they said, you know, excuse me, sir, uh, would it be okay if we pray for your eyes, you know, for your eyesight? And, and he said, well, I guess. And so they started to pray, and within about 15 minutes, he started reading the license plates off those old 1950s cars they have in Havana. And, and I was watching this like, okay, wait, I am a scientist. <laughs> I, what is going on here? Like, what? And by the end of the week, we had traveled the whole length of Cuba. We started uh, way in the north, Pinar del Rio. We went all the way south to Santiago. And, we, and, and in the middle of that, the people leading the church, the big prayer ministers who know how to pray for healing, well, they got an emergency call from the U.S. A family member had passed away, so they just left. And there was just us random people who had come along on the trip. And we're like, well, what do we do now? And so... So I asked someone in the hotel we were staying in in Santiago, hey, do you know any, any churches around here? And they're like, oh, there's one a few blocks over there. So we just walked over. It was Sunday, and we're like, hey, hey, uh, we're, you know, we're visiting from the U.S. And, and the pastor was like, oh, yeah, come to the service and you know, say a few words. So, so we did, and, and, and uh, we said, well, you know, we've been, we've been traveling around, and we've, seen, you know, we've been praying for healing, and we've seen God do all kinds of miracles. We saw a blind person get healed, and all kinds of pains gone, and, and there was like 300 people in this church, and they all mobbed us. They're like, okay, can you pray for me? Pray for me, and, and so we began to pray, and I remember there was a woman there who had lost her eyesight about three years before, and a friend and I were praying, and we prayed for about 30 minutes, and we prayed like everything we knew to pray. You know, we, we commanded the eyes to see and ask God to heal and, and, and everything we could think, and after 30 minutes, there, nothing seemed to be happening. And so we stopped and we said, so what was going on when you lost your eyesight? And she said, well, now that you mention it, uh, that was about the time my husband was arrested and thrown in jail. And, and I said, well, that, that must have been really hard. And she started to cry. And so we, we started to pray and we asked the Lord to touch her heart and to heal her of the pain of that of her husband being taken away and just the emotional pain and she began to cry and and after a while the Lord gave her healing and of the emotions and, and the heart and and after that uh, she started smiling a little and we said well let's pray for your, your eyesight again and so she's standing here and I'm standing right here and I put a hand on her shoulder my friend's standing on this side he puts a hand on her shoulder and and we started to pray and and I started by saying, I, I, I began to pray saying Jesus, but I only got halfway through the word Jesus. And it felt like a lightning bolt hit me. And I, I fell to the floor 
my friend who was praying, the same thing happened to him at the same time. We both fell to the floor. She was the only one still standing, and her eyesight was instantly healed. Instantly. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I stood all the way across the church building, and I said, you know, how many fingers am I holding up? And she could count them from all the way across the building. The Lord had healed her eyesight. And, and I realized God wanted to heal all of her. If he had just healed her eyesight just like that, that would have been great, but she would have missed out because we wouldn't, wouldn't have thought to, to pray for the emotional healing as well. So God healed her completely, her heart, her eyesight. And I remember afterwards, I thought, this is, this is just wild. Like, I, would, I couldn't have imagined this. I would never have imagined seeing this. And so I went back for a checkup. By now, it was six months. And they did another MRI on my head. And, and I said, okay, you know, I've, gotten, I've been prayed for even more. I've seen God do miracles. You know, let's see what God's done. And we had the video camera ready to record the moment because this time the records were going to come back. And so I opened it and it said, well... There's still a tumor there, but it's not really growing, and we kind of expected it to grow, but it's kind of not growing, so, hmm. Because, you know, doctors generally don't say, hallelujah, you're healed. <laughs> There's no billing code for, and a miracle happened. <laughs> and, and so I, I thought, well, okay, you know, I, I'm just, I'm going to keep getting more prayer. And, you know, sometimes I think we kind of wonder, like, you know, is it God's will to heal? And, and it, you remember the story of Syrophoenician woman, you know, she, uh, she went to Jesus and she said, you know, please, Jesus, heal my daughter. Now, Jesus, sometimes we wonder what the will of God is, but in this case, Jesus told her explicitly to her face, no, it's not my will to heal your daughter. And by the way, I'm comparing you to a dog. Now, I think most of us, if, if Jesus told us to our face that, no, it's not his will to heal, we would, we would say, I'm so sorry, Jesus. I'm so sorry I bothered you. Now that you've explicitly told me your will, I'll be on my way. And, but she didn't get the memo, you see. She argued with Jesus, right? She said, well, okay, fine, I'm a dog, but heal my daughter anyway. And Jesus was like, hmm, oh, you have, you have faith. That's, that's good, okay. I'll heal your daughter. And so her daughter was healed. So I decided that I wasn't going to take no for an answer. I was going to keep going and getting more prayer, and I was going to make a nuisance of myself until the Lord healed me. So I, I would go to prayer meetings, and the minister, you know, who had just done four meetings in a row, would sneak off to the hotel room to go to sleep. We went to his hotel and into the lobby, and we're like, hey, can you ring this room? And they're like, yeah, sure. So we call it. He's like, oh, what, huh? We're like, well, you promised you were going to pray for me, and you left. And like, he's like, uh, okay, I'll come down and pray for you. And, but see, I was desperate. And so this kept going on. And, and after a year, the, the doctors did an MRI, and they said, well, that's funny. It kind of looks like a little scar tissue or something. And, and you see, I'd had more seizures. I had another one a few months after the first one, and the, you know, the symptoms were... St but after a while, the seizures stopped, and, and the last MRI I had was seven years after the seizures. That was the last one, and the reading came back and said, well, it looks like some scar tissue. 
and I've been totally fine. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I've been, I've been totally fine, symptom-free, just about 20 years now. So praise the Lord. So if we're going to pray for healing, uh, it's, it's important to understand what the Bible says about that. Now, because I'm a scientist, my wife's also a professor of religious studies, uh, she and I started to wonder, well, you know, if God's healing people, where's the medical evidence of this? I mean, you know, if someone says, well, you have any evidence? I thought, you know, where's the evidence? And I, I, we weren't finding it. And so Candy's pioneered uh, sort of researching, looking at medical evidence, like what really happens when people say they're healed? And if we can get that slide up. Uh, so we started, long story short, we started a ministry uh, where we we, uh, we run a nonprofit medical research institute, and we research claims of miraculous healing through prayer. Someone says, you know, someone prayed for me in the name of Jesus, and I, I got healed. We say, okay, let's, let's, can we look at your medical records? And we, you know, we, we, we keep people anonymous. We never, we don't reveal people's identity, uh, but we look at, at these cases. And so we've now published a number of case reports in scientific journals explaining here's this case someone was blind. No one ever gets better from that kind of blindness, but this person got prayed for and, and instantly her eyesight was restored and we've documented it. We have pictures of the back of her eyes. <laughs> so, so you, yeah, praise the Lord. So you can, you can go to our website, globalmri.org, and you can download papers for free and see the evidence. So if you have skeptical friends, you can point them to this. There's even a movie that was made about us. It's called Send Proof. You can Google that and watch the movie. Uh, but, but the thing is, you know, the scripture says in 1 Peter 3.15, always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for reason for the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. And so we want to be able to give an answer if someone says, well, you know, does Jesus really heal people? We want to give an answer. I've had doctors come and try to debate me and, and uh, you know, try to, try to discredit the papers. They've tried, and, and the papers are still there. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, but let's look at what the Word of God says about this. Now, in Matthew 4, uh, verse 17, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. I'm reading from the... New King James, I think there might be an IV up here, but uh, Jesus, and then in verse 23, Matthew 4, 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And, and so Jesus demonstrated what it looks like when the kingdom of heaven comes near. When the kingdom of heaven comes, it pushes back the kingdom of darkness, and, and as that happens, the, the works of the enemy, the sickness, the disease, the suffering, the torment, that gets pushed back, and the kingdom of heaven comes. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, I think a lot of us see that as, you know, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think a lot of us see that as a prayer of resignation, that whatever your will is, I'm resigned to that. But I think that what Jesus is saying is that that is a warfare prayer. We are asking God to come with power to establish his kingdom 
on earth as it is in heaven. There's not sickness and disease and torment in heaven. We're asking God to establish his kingdom order on earth as it already is in heaven. And so that was Jesus' message. The kingdom of heaven is near. And he demonstrated that by healing the sick and casting out demons and setting people free. And then Jesus sent his disciples out and said, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And so the disciples went out and they realized that Jesus gave them power to heal people. And they came back and they're like, yeah, even the demons submit to us, you know, yeah. And Jesus said, okay, yeah, yeah, that's how it works, okay. But the message is that the kingdom of heaven is near. And, and then before Jesus left, he sent his disciples out and he said, go and make disciples, make your own disciples and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. And so Jesus came to establish his kingdom. And as his kingdom comes, it destroys the work of the enemy. 1 John 3, 8b says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And so as the work of the enemy gets destroyed, people experience healing the kingdom of God is established, and that was Jesus' message. Now, let's look at uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, starting with verse 4. And, and again, I'm reading the New King James. It might be a little different from the NIV up here. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, and yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. Now, Isaiah is writing this as a prophecy about the, the work of Jesus 700 years later. And, and so Isaiah is describing the work of the Messiah. And it says in verse 5, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds were healed. And it goes on uh, describing the, the, the suffering that Jesus would undergo. And in verse 11, we're going to skip ahead. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. In verse 11, uh, it talks about how Jesus will bear our iniquities. And the word in the original language is savail, and it means to carry. It means strong to labor. Jesus is strong enough to carry our sins. And likewise, uh, it says, he shall... He, he, and he bare the sin of many, bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. The word there where it says he bore the sin of many is a Hebrew word, nasah, which means to lift up, to accept in his own body, and to carry away. 
And so when we come to Jesus and confess our sins, we're agreeing with God that, yes, we've sinned, then Jesus takes our sins, he lifts them off of us, and he accepts them in his own body, and he carries them away. And that's the work that Jesus finished on the cross. It was done on the cross. And so when we, when we sin, we, uh, we come to Jesus, confess, and we understand that he has provided for that forgiveness. Now, if, <clears throat> if we look in verses 4 and 5, surely he took up our infirmities and carried away our sorrows. In some translations, that talks about pains. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds were healed. The word where it says he took up our infirmities, he took up our, uh, our, our pains, uh, is, uh, <clears throat> is talking about how Jesus heals. The word infirmities is uh, the Hebrew word choli, and it refers to maladies, anxiety, calamity, disease, griefs, sicknesses, and it comes from a root Hebrew word chala, which means to be rubbed or worn, like a piece of fabric that's just kind of rubbed and worn through and torn and, and ripped. And, and the word sorrows is the word makob, which means anguish, affliction, grief, pain, sorrow. And later on, uh, it says, by his wounds were healed. And the word healed is the word rapha, which is the same word uh, used in Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. And it literally means to mend as if by stitching, to stitch the things back together, to repair and so if you look at the, the verb where it says he took up our infirmities, it's the same word used earlier that describes how Jesus took away our sins. It's the exact same word in the original language. And so speaking of our infirmities, our diseases, our anguish, our pain, it says that Jesus lifted up our, our pains and infirmities and he accepted them in his own body and he carried them away. You hear what I'm saying? And so when you go to Jesus and you say, you know, and you confess your sins, uh, is it presumptuous for you to think that just by confessing your sins, God will forgive you? Is that presumptuous? We do that boldly because we understand that Jesus has already paid the price for our forgiveness. But here, Isaiah uses the exact same language to describe how Jesus paid the price for our healing. By his wounds, we're healed. His body was whipped and broken, and the flesh was hanging off and ripped down to the bones. And he took up our infirmities, our diseases and pains, and he accepted them in his own body, and he carried them away. So now if you can accept that Jesus has paid the price for the forgiveness of your sins, 
It's not presumptuous to ask for forgiveness. But it's the same language that talks about healing. It's not presumptuous to accept what God has already paid the price to provide. Now, that doesn't mean if you confess your sins, you'll never struggle with sin again. It doesn't mean that. But it means that God has provided for forgiveness, and He gives the victory. Now, in my case, I was desperate to be healed, and I, I pursued God with everything. And after three months, it looked like I still wasn't healed. But I didn't give up. I kept pursuing God. And I was like the Syrophoenician woman. You know, I'm not taking no for an answer. In fact, I'll argue with God. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. And, and so, <clears throat> now you might say, but, but doesn't that healing refer to a kind of spiritual, kind of inner healing? And the thing is, uh, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, it says, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed and that word in the original language means not just fully possessed, like, you know, heads doing 360s and barfing pea soup. It means oppressed by the devil. It means under the power of the devil, tor tormented. Many who were, uh, I would say, demonized were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our sicknesses. So you see, it's not presumptuous to ask for what God has already paid the price to provide. So we can come boldly. Now, is it God's will to heal? And in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 41, it says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down and saying to him, If you're willing, you can make me clean. I I don't know if you're willing, but I know that if you're willing, you can do it. Now, Jesus said, it says, Jesus was moved with compassion. And the word in the original language refers to the moving of the bowels. Because the Greeks understood that the, the seed of compassion and empathy was in the bowels. And so, the word means that Jesus was moved with compassion and it's the same word that's used to describe how the father felt about the prodigal son who returned. He was moved with compassion for his son. And so Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. Now, the word I am willing is, you might wonder, so does that mean Jesus is like, well, you know, you're kind of blocking my way, and it'd be kind of embarrassing if I didn't heal you, so all right, I guess I'll have to heal you, all right, you know. That's not what that word means. It, the word speaks of a delight, a desire. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I want to heal you. I love to heal people. Like, yeah, let's do it. That's what that word means. Jesus delights to heal. Now, you may be here today, and you may have pain in your body. You may also be experiencing emotional pain. I'm going to ask Ryan, Pastor Ryan to come up here. And the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And we're talking about how Jesus heals people. 
So we're going to come boldly before the throne of grace and ask for healing. Now, you may have physical pain. Uh, you may have emotional pain. Sometimes the emotional pain is worse than the physical pain. Sometimes people will cut themselves because the physical pain will distract them from the even greater emotional pain. You may have anxiety. You may be experiencing depression, a heavy weight. You may have experienced rejection. You may be experiencing a torment in the, in the stomach area, in the knee, some other part of your body. We had healings of the shoulders earlier this morning. But I believe Jesus wants to heal this morning. And so if that's, if you need healing in your body, if you need healing from an emotional pain or torment, we're going to take an act of faith this morning. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet if you can. If you're not able to stand, put your hand up. And I want you to put your hand on the part of the body that needs healing. And if that's your whole body, just put your hand on your head. And we're going to pray. This is an act of faith by standing and putting your hand on that part. See, Jesus said that these signs will accompany those who believe. They'll lay their hands on sick people and they'll recover. It doesn't say you can't put your own hand on yourself. <laughs> and and there's, there, there, there's a lot of people who need healing this morning. And so, so we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. So, Lord God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we give you 100% of the glory. You are the Lord. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You love to heal. And so we ask your kingdom to come this morning. We ask for your divine order to be established in our lives and in our bodies on earth as it is in heaven. We know there's no sickness in heaven. Holy Spirit, please come, move heal. In Jesus' name, I speak to that, that pain in the shoulder. Go. In Jesus' name, I speak to all the pain. Leave. In Jesus' name, I cancel the assignment of pain. I cancel the assignment of repeated torment. In Jesus' name, I take authority over the, the tormenting thoughts, the anxiety, the rejection, the fear. In Jesus' name, I break the power of those assignments. I command every tormenting spirit to leave in Jesus' name. And every tormenting voice to be silent. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We declare healing because Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted. So I speak healing in Jesus' name to the broken parts of those hearts, of your heart, the broken parts. Be knit back together in Jesus' name. And every last bit of pain in Jesus' name, I command you to go.
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking up our pains, our anxieties, our infirmities, our diseases. Thank you for carrying those away. We give you, Lord Jesus, 100% of the glory. This is your work. More of your healing. Lord Jesus, touch and heal. All pain, go in Jesus' name. Amen. All pain, go. In, in Jesus' name, completely, and never return. I break and cancel every assignment of the enemy. Enemy, release these people of God now in Jesus' name. Loose them. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for providing healing, forgiveness, Abundant life. Now, as we're praying, God's moving, and we want to see what God's doing. So if you have pain in your body, I want you to check it out. I want you to try to move something that you couldn't move before without pain. I want you to to see if you can do something that you couldn't do before without pain. We want to see what God's doing. There were were 10 lepers who were healed, and only one came back to to give glory to God and say what what Jesus had done for him. We want to be like the one who comes back and gives glory to God. So check it out. Now, how many of you uh, would say that the pain is at least 80% gone? If that's you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. It's at least 80. may not be 100% gone, but it's 80% gone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can be seated. Now, how many of you, you, you've had this constant pain or torment for, for at least a year and, and you realize that it's at least 80% gone. Would you just put your hand up so we can, we can honor the Lord? Wow. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Praise you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. How many of you have had that for at least five years? Hold it up. Wow. Wow. Praise the Lord. Now, we want to leave some time for testimony. So it, uh, I think several of you had, had pain for at least five years, and it's at least 80% gone. Any of you want to come up and just tell us briefly what God's doing? But I promise I'll be gentle. I don't bite. <laughs> anyone who's experienced is at least 80% gone, even if it wasn't five years, it, does anyone want to come up and just give glory to God? What's happened? All right, come on up. I'm going to hold the mic. A couple of ground rules on the testimonies. I'll hold the mic. And uh, let me share for about, like, see if you can give us like a minute, a solid minute. And then I'll give you a little tap on the shoulder. 
I'm Michael Sanders. I've worked here for about seven years. Um, I'm suffering from, um, I was in a very bad car accident. I've rolled a car for three tenths of a mile. And um, in all, by the grace of God, I was able to pull through it. And uh, I was still around my arm. And Did you experience something right now while we were praying? Absolutely. Yeah, what did you experience? You know, um, I'm riding a scooter now, and that's very nice. And um, my back's hurting me. It's been hurting me. And it's like my feet. And it's like just, you know, I'm feeling more together. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's a real blessing. All right. All right. Come on, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Let me walk with you down here. Let me help you. Okay, Gloria, you want to come up and share too? Okay, we'll help you. Thank you, Stubbs. Gloria, were you going to come up and share? All right, let's give her a round of applause to Gloria. Come on, hey. Thanks for your Gloria. All right, what did, you, what did you sense God doing? I saw your hand go up right yeah. over here. Um, my son died um, suddenly in 2020, and... The pain was just so hard to get over, but he, God blocked that for me so that we could go on and do the things that we needed to do in our lives. But recently, the pain came back, um, like the beginning of the year, and it was just here, just a heaviness that I was carrying with me. And I woke up this morning and I was sharing with my husband, Gary, just how difficult it was. And um, I sat there and I also have, a, I have physical illnesses. Those of who, who know me, you know, I, I suffer from a, a myriad of things. One is that my shoulder, I couldn't move it back like this because it was hey. the pain. Just, I and that was from physical therapy uh, back in December. It was just pain, I mean, just horrible pain. And I'm sitting over there and believing and trusting in the Word of God, and it's gone. And, and also that gall of bitterness against God and the gall of pain, that heaviness in your heart. Have you guys ever had that? It's gone. It just <laughs> dissipated. And I believe that today is the beginning of the rest of my life free of the, of the long-term illness, illnesses that I have. I'm going to walk away in that. We got time for one more. You, did you want to share? All right, come on up. All right. Thanks, you guys, for coming up and sharing these stories. It takes a lot of courage to come up here on the stage. We know that. We know there's things going on that you guys can't share up here. But we're going to send an email out this week so that we can get some of your stories about what God's doing. Because some of those stories aren't going to, you know, be shared up in this morning. But we'll get them out. But yeah, tell us your name and what, what did God do? 
my name is Veronica Rodriguez, and God did two things for me. I've had um, three surgeries, two on my left shoulder and one on my right shoulder. I um, had a, my uh, shoulder dislocated, and I had to have surgery twice. And I came this morning with throbbing pain. I really did. I've been taking Motrin and whatnot, and um, I did that prayer, and I trusted in God, and I knew, I felt in my heart that we didn't know what what the message was going to be today about, but truly, God healed me. I can move my heart, and it doesn't hurt, it doesn't throb, nothing. I give the glory to God. This is true, and this is real. Another thing, my my baby sister passed away a year ago, and um, I introduced her to this church about 10 years ago. And I told her, sister, just go to church, because she didn't go to church at all. Just come to this church. I'll only ask you once, and I'm not going to bother you again. So she came ten, about 10 years ago to church, and she started coming every Sunday. We would come together. We would sit in the back. We would come to the events here. So she passed away a year ago. She had um, uh, what you had, a seizure. Yeah. Seizures. She suffered from seizures. Mm -hmm. And um, the Lord took her a year ago. She was suffering a lot. And I, you know, I, it's been hard for the family. But God healed me from that pain. And I thank God for it because I know she's in a better place now. And I'm happy for her. You know, because I'm not going to be selfish. Having her here, she was suffering. She was in a lot of pain, a lot of seizures. But now I know she's in a better place, and I'm happy for her. And I know someday I will see her. And so this is home. This was home for, for her, this church. And it's home for us, too. And her kids are here. My daughter is here. So this is the first day after her passing that we've been here. So it's... It's very emotional for me. Wow. We're very happy. Thank you for sharing with that with us. Okay. We're going to wrap it up. I want to pray a closing blessing, and I'm going to invite the prayer team to come on up. Hey, prayer team, come on up here. We want to pray for you guys. Listen, before you go, I want to affirm a couple of things. One, I love Josh's story. One, because it's a story of perseverance. Now, that isn't prescriptive. You don't feel like... You've got to now, okay, if I don't go do what he did, then I'm not really having faith. Don't, don't carry that burden, but rather see it as an invitation. I think as a church, we want you to feel the permission to ask God for the needs that are going on in your life. I, some of us don't feel the permission to do that. So feel the permission to ask God to meet the needs in your life, including healing. Okay, come on up. Let someone pray for you and uh, before you leave. And uh, you can also come back tonight if you want to come back for another, like he always get back in line, get back in line. <laughs> Maybe you want to come back tonight. It's a more intimate service. Sunday night, we meet in the chapel. It's usually about 150, 200 people. So it's more personal, a little more intimate. So feel free to come back tonight for a round two if you need that. Um, but listen, the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. He cares deeply for you. And he is drawing us as a church closer to his heart to meet us in the everyday needs of our life. And I hope today you feel encouraged towards that. I hope you just sense the nearness of God to you. 
And I'm gonna, we're going to reach out this week and get those stories from you and see what God's doing in the community. All right. Lord, number one, I just pray for other shoulders that are in pain. We pray for more healing of the shoulders, more healing in the body, points of pain. We pray for healing, a breakthrough here. For those who are not experiencing healing right now, Lord, we just stand against every thought that's because they don't have enough faith or because there's some, you know, you don't want to heal them. They don't love them. That's not true. God, we pray they would feel encouraged today. They see something being served at the other end of the table. They're saying, Jesus, yes, please pass some of that pumpkin pie. I'll have some of that healing today. Thank you. And they just start to ask you with a renewed boldness. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys, God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you, Josh. All right. Come on up and get some prayer.